This is the Creative Control Room Podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers, where my goal is to help you make to the max. Hello, welcome to episode number 105 of the Creative Control Room Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hafey. I'm your operator of this Creative Control Room. And uh, welcome. It is Sunday, April. No, we're now May 1st. It's gonna be May. My wife would uh, appreciate that because she's big. Wait, no, that wasn't Backstreet Boys. I was in sync, right? Okay, she wouldn't appreciate it as much. She's a big Backstreet Boys fan. Anyway, uh, it is Sunday, May 1st. Uh, haven't been here for a few weeks. Just busy. And I'm trying to beat myself up less about uh, missing the podcast. So we're just going to power through it as if uh, we're still going um, going along. But anyway, uh, thank you so much for being here. If you are new here to the show, this is my creative control room. Uh, this is where I talk all things photography, video, uh, video editing, video production, podcasting, live stream, live streaming, uh, occasionally FPV drone flying, uh, OBS, all those types of things. Uh, and it's just where I kind of detail and document all the things that I happen to be working on at any given point in time. And if that seems like something that you might be interested in, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you happen to be watching or listening. Also, follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, feel free to swing by and ask me a question. Now, quick note, though, on uh, Instagram, my account was recently hacked. Uh, I don't even want to get into how it happened because it was one of those things where, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that goes around and tells friends and family, oh, no, that's a scam. Don't don't click that link. Don't do that. Don't do this. It's, it's definitely a scam. Um, but I got scammed on Instagram. It was a dumb mistake. Uh, I was out like grocery shopping with my family when it happened. I was distracted, wasn't paying attention for whatever reason. The red flags that would normally go up didn't go up. And I did something dumb that got my Instagram hacked. And Instagram is very frustrating uh, when it comes to trying to recover your account. Their re account recovery procedures are not very, very, um, very, they're not very effective. They don't work very well. So if you want to follow me on Instagram for the for the meantime, follow me at Hafey Digital. And if you follow me already at Ryan Hafey and I DM you something, um, just ignore it and report the account. So yeah, Robert, we were wondering if it was a hack. Heather asked me if you got hacked. Yeah. So unfortunately I did. So just ignore me. I'm not trying to uh, enter any influencer competitions or anything like that. And I'm not trying to push crypto on anyone. My account is just hacked. It's unfortunate, but that's, uh, that's just how it is for the moment. But anyway, <clears throat> um, have a number of updates to share with you all today. Again, three weeks worth of updates. So we're going to power through those. The first one. So what I talked about in my last episode was, uh, my Atomos. Let's see if we can get that in the picture here. This little guy. This is the Atomos Ninja 5. Uh, I just recently bought it. When I got it, the colors on it were very uh, warm. And unless you have like a certain like $100 cable, you can't calibrate it yourself like a normal monitor I tried. So I contacted Atomos and uh, they said, you can send it back to us. We can calibrate it for free, which is like, that's fine. But you have to pay shipping. Cost me $31 to ship this thing back to them so they could calibrate it. I got it back. I guess it looks a little bit better to my eyes. The colors still look a little bit warm, but I did some tests, uh, some recording tests. And uh, does this mean I don't get to borrow the Range Rover? <laughs> uh, good one, Robert. Good one. But uh, so the um, 
so yeah, I did some recording tests on the Atomos and uh, the recordings look great. Um, I mean, I recorded like maybe like a 15, 20 second clip uh, and it was like 1.8 gigabytes. So it's definitely uh, recording a lot of data. Um, yeah, th there's a cable. It's like, a, I'm not spending a hundred dollars to calibrate this thing. As long as the colors that come through on the recording look good. And I mean, I guess, I guess as I'm looking at it now, it's, it's not too bad, but it is what it is. I got it back. Recording's great. I like the features on it. That's the story of the Atomos. I still would recommend it because I think it's a, it's a great monitor. Works really well, but there you go. Also wanted to touch a little bit on this teleprompter. Um, talked about this as well last time. So this, as I mentioned in the last episode, in theory is the perfect teleprompter for my use case. It's got a, a came with this monitor here, which you can't really see. Let's see. Right there. It actually comes with the screen. Uh, you can record directly onto the Atomos, uh, Robert says. Yes, to go back to that for just a moment, you can record directly to the Atomos, and that's why I got it, because um, the recordings through OBS are fine for streaming and simple things, but um, you know, if I'm going to make a YouTube video, I want a high-quality recording. Yes, I could record directly into the, the so my Sony A6500, um, but the issue with that is if I record there, then I lose any... Uh, I, like if I have a reference monitor connected to my camera, that goes blank because I like to record in 4K. So what I can do with the Atomos is just leave my camera on like I always do and then record into the Atomos. That removes any recording limits that I might have. It records a you know high-quality version of it, and then I can easily get that off onto my computer. So that's that was the main reason why I got it um, for that purpose. So I can <laughs> talk myself into doing more YouTube content. Anyway, back to the teleprompter. Stop interrupting me, Robert. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but uh, so the teleprompter is great. The, I guess my, my only issues with it is, is just the angle. There's no way to adjust the angle. So as I'm looking at it now, I know it's tough to see. You're not going to be able to see it here. But um, the it just kind of cuts off the top of the monitor and really no way how I position the monitor. Uh, I can really get it right. Like if I was here, right here, like directly in the middle of the frame, this is perfect. But, you know. I want to be up here and when I'm up here it cut just just like the top like half inch which just gets a little bit annoying you just kind of have to scroll things down a little bit whatever it's fine um so that's a teleprompter still still good product I think it was like 300 if I'm if I'm not mistaken I still like it better than my previous setup it allows me like I like I've said before to look into the lens and see my notes so it looks like I'm looking directly at you which is what I was looking for um but uh yeah, I just wish it was adjustable. If it was adjustable, be game over. Okay, and then uh, also NAB, so National Association of Broadcasters. Uh, the convention was back in Vegas this year. Um, they took a couple years off because of the pandemic. And um, I didn't go as much as I would have liked to go. I uh, just went with a, a colleague of mine for, for one day, for a few hours, uh, went on Monday. And... Um, just wanted to walk the, the floor, look at some of these exhibits, go to, you know, like the Sony booth, uh, Blackmagic. Um, uh, there's a, a few other booths. Um, I'll talk about one here uh, in a minute. But what was really great to see is just the fact that there were so many people there. Like, NAB was pretty packed. There was a lot of people. Um, and just now that we're kind of getting, you know, we're seemingly on the tail end of this pandemic, it was great to see things getting back to normal. Um you know, you, you didn't have to wear a mask, but 
in order to go to the conference, you did have to prove that you are uh, vaccinated. Um, so at least everyone there was vaccinated. Ultimately, though, um, a great turnout, thought the exhibits looked great, uh, and things seemed like they were kind of back to normal. So I really appreciated that. One of the, um, and that's where I got this hat, by the way, this hat says on air. They have a, just a little NAB shop with some hats and mugs and books and things like that. So um, I thought this was kind of fitting for the podcast. So this is going to be a new, my new podcast hat. It says on air. Isn't that clever? But one of the uh, the booths that I went to, close out Wordle here, was the uh, Orbit or, or Condor Blue is the name is the the company. But they I, so I guess they work with um, Josh Yo of Make Art Now is a YouTube channel. If you don't follow Josh Yo on YouTube, you should go check it out. But he jumped into the physical product world and he developed this thing called the Marble Orbit. And it looks like this. It looks really funky, um, but it's just kind of like a, a, it's almost like a fan motor that you affix to a ceiling or to some kind of uh, structure, put a camera on one end, and this thing will just seamlessly and smoothly rotate around and capture whatever's in the center. You can extend these arms. It can hold, you know, a, a full mirrorless or DSLR. Uh, he's used it a bunch in his videos. Uh, and it's, it just looks like a really well-made product. So I got a chance to talk to him and, and mostly his business partner, but got a chance to talk to both of them. And they both said the same thing, which was kind of funny, which is we're never doing this again. We're never doing a product launch again because, uh, it's, uh, you know, they just said it's so much work and I can only imagine having to just jumping into this space and having to go through and, and find suppliers and people to put these things together. Um, sounds like a crazy amount of work. But good for them. It sounds like it's a hit. There was a ton of people at their booth checking out the product. Obviously, you know, Josh with his um, audience brought in some people. So good for them. I, I hope it uh, it really takes off for them. Um, but in yeah, long story short, NAB was fun. Glad it's back. Looking forward to uh, possibly going back next year. All right. So now got a few things to talk about or one thing specifically to talk about in the, uh, the news world related to, you know, um, in this case, we're, we're talking about social media. And if unless you're living under a rock, uh, you've probably heard that Elon Musk has purchased Twitter to the tune of $44 billion, uh, which is really insane when you think about it. And if you follow if you follow this whole, the whole timeline of this, it's just really, it's really interesting to watch. Elon Musk apparently bought 9% of Twitter. And then, um, you know, which put him as like the, he, he had the most shares of the company. And then, then he just came back and said, no, nope, you know, what? I've secured funding. I want to buy it. And Twitter accepted it, which is crazy. Um, but I, I have different, differing views than I think most people like kind of the, the, I think the, the, what's the word? Like the, the, the most common response to this is is more so anger. I think people are upset that, you know, kind of a billionaire powerhouse has come in to buy a company, is going to take over, and, you know, he's got all these opinions on free speech. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not really worried or concerned about it necessarily. I think, of course, there's, op uh, there's potential for him to come in and uh, Elon bought your Instagram page. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish because I feel like he'd get it back to me faster than Instagram. Uh, has, but, uh, 
I'm I'm just very interested to see what he's going to do. Of course, there's potential for it to, you know, for him to just come in and, and destroy things or, you know, the things that he wants. to. I, I just think that the social media world, especially on Twitter, which is, you know, just kind of like a, a general town hall. It's it's a it's a difficult thing to deal with. You know, you can say in theory that Twitter should be about free speech. and We should let everyone say what they want to say. But, you know, I think I don't necessarily think that Twitter's done the best job at it. But I also think that the people at Twitter, Jack Dorsey and all them have they've they've had to make some very difficult decisions about certain things. And, uh, you know, I I guess I give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't think Twitter was doing anything maliciously by shutting down certain accounts or or certain things like that. But, you know, I I I don't I have no skin in this game. I just only have my opinion like everyone else. And my opinion is I'm I'm kind of curious and interested to see what Elon's going to do with Twitter. Um, I don't share the same opinions that a lot of people do about Elon Musk, that he's this kind of evil billionaire person. You know, like there, there was a lot of sentiment when he bought Twitter. It's like, whoa, that money could have gone to solving world hunger. What could have – even people ironically saying, what, what could that have done for the climate crisis? Well, I mean, it's not like he's not, you know, I guess he could have built some electric cars or worked on solar, you know, roof tiles or something like that. You know, like the guy's at least trying to do things. He's, you know, interplanetary travel. Um, so he's working on things that are, that will ultimately, I think, make the world a better place. And hopefully he can take some of those skills. Uh, you know, he has, he obviously has a, success record with building successful companies. Hopefully you can do that with Twitter. And a lot of this nonsense will just kind of be water under the bridge at some point. But at the very least, it's going to be interesting and entertaining to watch and see how it all unfolds. Let's just hope that doesn't make all of us hate each other more than we already do, you know? <sighs> okay. Um, so those are my brief thoughts on that. Um, and next I want to talk about a couple tools. How many tools do I have for you today? I have two tools that I want to discuss. The first is, hold on, I got to turn my The first is, uh, let's see, Robert chimes in. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think privilege mandates that you have to save the world. I think that's a concept followed by entitled people. Maybe so, you know. All we can do is, whether we like it or not, it's it's going to happen. So we just kind of have to sit back and, and see how it goes. But anyway, uh, so wanted to share an OBS plugin that I came across recently called Teleport. Now, Teleport essentially allows you to um, add in a second computer into your live stream. And I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about here shortly. But... Um, basically, uh, there's a link in the description below if you want to check it out. But what you do is you download this um, OBS plugin and install it on it, on your computer. And then you can also do the same on other computers. Let's say so I have my laptop behind me and I've also downloaded OBS Teleport and put it on there. And I wonder if it's going to let me show you the settings. Yes. Oops. Uh oh, I got to undo that. I got to undo that. What, what did I do? Okay, so let's go over here real quick. 
we're going to give you the crazy uh, picture in picture thing here, but I got to show you this. So if, when you install it, you go to tools, teleport, it's going to bring up a little prompt like this here. Uh, do y'all see that? Yeah, you, sh you should. And uh, it's probably small though, but um, you give your computer a name and then you enable teleport, right? And then you do the same on the other computer. And then down here in your sources, hold on. Go back. Oh, that's right. I can't do that because. Oh, wait, here. Well, it's not going to let me show you. But anyway, you go in your sources, you add um, teleport as a source. And then. Um, so with it also, whoops, with it also installed on the in, in the other instance of OBS, uh, you would do the same thing. So then when you would when you would add the sort the teleport source into OBS, you would then find the identifier that you assigned to it on the other computer. So in this case, I think I just put HD laptop. And then when you activate it, you can now and I'm I don't I wonder if there's a delay. Let me know if there's like a delay in the voice if it's if it's synced up. But now uh, I ha essentially have another source, which is my laptop here. And because we're on the same Wi Fi connection, I can now use this one here and I can even you know, get rid of that and I can show my desktop. So it's, you've, you've essentially expanded your ability to use OBS on multiple machines within the same live stream, which I think is, uh, is pretty cool. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of potential there. Uh, the laptop, by the way, Robert asks, uh, laptops holding up great. Um, still very heavy and, uh, you know, and you got to plug it in most of the time because the battery life sucks. But speed wise, it's great. It's fast. It's powerful. I like it. So this teleport, uh, teleport, uh, 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 plug in is really cool. And I suggest that you check it out. And the other thing that I found recently, and we're going to go back here, not this, but this, and I got to add this, um, to the, uh, the uh, show notes. So this is a teleprompter because I'm, I'm going to start doing some um, teleprompter type, type video content. And um, I needed an app for PC. And I found this one on Google, teleprompter And this is just a really good standard kind of um, teleprompter website. And there's, you can use it in two different ways you can either have it set up to scroll at a certain speed or you can turn on the microphone here and it will do it by voice. So if I turn this on, for example, and if I press play up here, let's see if this works here. This voice activated teleprompter listens to your voice and automatic, wait, oh, I messed that up, but whatever. It's free and works in Chrome browser for in Windows, Mac and Android. It makes recording your scripts fast, easy, and fun. How to use after re so if you can if you can tell, it is following my voice, which will be super handy. So you can kind of go at your own speed. Um, but I intend to use this with, uh, with for some of my videos coming up. So that was kind of cool, uh, I thought. And that I mean that was just I just found that on a quick um, Google search, but uh, I didn't know it existed before. But it does, and it's cool, and it's better than any other teleprompter apps that I've seen. So uh, I like it. But um, that's it for that. Let's move on to the main topic for today. And that is 
what we're talking about today is um, I want to build a mobile podcast studio. So really, this is just kind of this. I'm going to take this opportunity to talk through this a little bit. I've been thinking a lot about it and how I've thought about wanting to do this has changed um, as I've gone along and, and I start second kind of second guessing myself like, do I really need that? Do I not? So let me kind of tell you about my process of thinking through this. So I don't, <laughs> I don't currently have a need for a, a mobile podcast studio, technically speaking. Uh, I think I, I would just like the ability to, you know, if I, maybe not necessarily for myself, but for clients, if I ever have the need to go do an onsite, um, I'll put it in the description, Robert, if I need to do any like kind of on, on-site, uh, podcasting, uh, live streaming, I don't currently have a way to do that where I can quickly, easy, easy quickly and easily travel with something. So I was just kind of thinking, it's like, you know, it'd be great to create just like kind of a mobile studio where you can literally open a lid of something, pull a few things out and be ready to go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so my initial thought, I have, a. I have one of these, you can fit like a light stands in them, but it's just, it's just a long Pelican style, um, hard case. Like it's, I think it's intended for like rifles. It comes with the breakaway foam, but it's a long case and it could in theory fit all the, all the gear that I would need for a mobile podcast studio. So my thought was, okay, I could put a roadcaster in there. I could put a stream deck in there. I could put a, uh, my A10 mini, and then I can have a spot in the center for my laptop. So what I was thinking is I would take out the breakaway foam on the bottom of that. I would put down a layer of probably just a, like a layer of maybe, I don't know, a quarter inch wood, uh, wood board or something like that. Something that I could affix things to, or maybe screw into even if I needed to. And then on top of that, I could put some Velcro. Um, maybe not necessarily the whole thing, but in certain spots I could, I could lay down some Velcro and then on the bottom of some of these pieces of gear that I need to include in there, I could also put Velcro, Velcro in, in there as well. So it would stay in place. So the thought was, if you can kind of picture this, a long, um, this angle better, just kind of a long rectangular shaped case. And yeah, you have your ATEM and your stream deck on one side. You've got a laptop section in the middle, and then on the right side, you have the Rodecaster Pro. Um, and then within that, I wanted to try to find ways to um, quickly and easily be able to kind of fold out cameras, maybe attach cameras to this case. And maybe uh, one thing I realized as I was going through this, by the way, is that there's a very a big lack of... Um, of like mobile friendly gear. Like uh, what I was looking for specifically is like a, like a boom arm, a mic boom arm like this that can fold up compactly something super small and then, and then you could expand it so that I could literally install it into the case, have it lay flat when the case is closed. And when you open the case up, you just pull it out and then you have a microphone ready. But then I was thinking more about all this because I also wanted to, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to put everything in there. I wanted to get, make it so that all the cameras and all the cables and everything, and, and maybe even run the cables in like a creative way to where they kind of hid them. And I started thinking, I was like, well, th that would be great. Oh, and then, and then the top layer of foam, the cutaway foam, once, once all the pieces of gear are in place within this case, I could then cut out 
the cutaway foam to fit around all the gear and then just slip that on top when I'm not using it so that I could literally put that on top, close the case, pick it up and be on my way. But then I started thinking, it's like, well, you know, I would, if I had to guess, most of the travel work that I would do would not be for my podcast. It would be for someone else. So, um, you know, I would be, um, what would be the point then of just opening up a case and then, and then having the cameras okay. and everything face to me, you know what I mean? Um, so then I thought, well, what if we did a smaller case and just, and just try to downsize as much as humanly possible. So I, there's uh, obviously different sizes of Pelican cases. My next thought was just get a smaller case, something like this. And this would probably be more of an investment because I'd have to pick up some new gear, but instead of packing or instead of uh, using a roadcaster and yeah, you lose the ability to use some of the, um, like the sound, uh, sound effects and things like that, but you get a smaller, um, handheld recorder. Uh, the zoom H six is a handheld recorder that has up to four inputs, uh, four XLR inputs on it, but can also be used as a, um, as a, an audio interface. So in theory, you could route that out to the PC and would act just like the roadcaster does. It outputs 24 bit, um, which is what I would need. Um, some external audio recorders that also work as audio interfaces, they only do a uh, 16 bit out, um, which, you know, I, I need a little bit more audio resolution than that. But in that case, you could then have a smaller case um, also thought about microphones instead of having a boom arm, you could just get a couple handheld mics, you know, two to four handheld mics, depending on how many people there are on the show and people could hold the mics or, you know, if you really needed to, you get some sort of low profile mic stands that you can include in the case. So I guess I'm just, I really want to do this and I really want to have something that I can just kind of, when it's time to go it's ready. I just pick it up and I, and I head out the door, but I have to really think through, you know, I'm all about efficiency. Like this, this studio here is, um, I, I tried to make it as fit efficient as possible as evidenced by the fact that everything in this, this room is for the most part is voice activated. I like to be able to walk in, say, Hey, G word, turn on these things and then they're up and running and I can get on with my work. And I, I want the same thing for this podcast studio. I want to be able to travel with it, set it down, open it up, maybe turn a couple things on, but other than that, be ready to go. So then there's other things to consider, which is, you know, internet, um, power. Do I, you know, use like a power bank system or do I just rely on having some sort of external power supply? Probably the latter, um, in most cases, uh, where would I then put my laptop if I did a smaller case? Uh, would I, how would I, how would I do the cameras? There's just a lot to think through. So if anyone's watching this and you have ideas how this could work out a little bit better or how I can kind of, uh, you know, fine tune some of the thoughts that I'm having so far, leave me a comment, let me know. And uh, as I go along, um, you know, we'll, we'll work on this little by little by pieces uh, of it at a time and build it out and see how it, see how it goes. But, um, that's just kind of one of the, that's like the latest sort of, um, project that it was like a, a little idea that sparked in my brain and sort of grew into this thing and morphed and changed. And now I'm kind of, uh, set on doing it 
even though I, you know, don't necessarily need it at the moment, but that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, and, uh, I will keep you all updated as to how that goes. But anyway, uh, apologies for not being here for the last few weeks. Um, uh, I hope, uh, I hope I can stay more consistent with this going forward. But anyway, if you are still here with me and if you enjoyed or got any value out of what you saw today, it would be great. Hold on a second here. It would be great if you could hit that subscribe button wherever you happen to be watching or listening and also follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey or at Ryan Hafey on Twitter and TikTok at Hafey Digital, at least for the time being on Instagram until I can get my account back. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and call this one done. Thanks for being here. Keep on creating, making and doing. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Creative Control Room podcast hosted by me, Ryan Hafey of Hafey Digital. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe wherever you happen to be watching or listening and follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For business inquiries, please email me at ryan at hafeydigital.com. New episodes every Sunday. please email me at ryan at hafeydigital.com. New episodes every Sunday.